Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, following the truth wherever it leads, exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites, revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality, coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. Welcome to another episode of Strange Planet. Thanks for sticking me in your ear. I just watched the, the most amazing trailer for a documentary film. It's called The Explorer. Regular listeners to this podcast and my former late night syndicated radio program may remember Dr. William Gibbons. And uh, he came on the program a number of times and we talked about his search for this, I guess you would call it a neo-dinosaurian cryptid that is, uh, has been seen numerous times in Africa, in the Republic of the Congo and Cameroon, where it supposedly inhabits these swampy, uh, marshy wetlands and rivers, and uh, Lake Tele, La Koala region, and reported in a number of other bodies of water. One of Dr. Gibbon's colleagues, friends, is an explorer who is the subject of this documentary film. His name is Michel Ballot, and we're gonna talk about Michel Ballot, his work, and his pursuit of this incredible creature, the Mokele Mbembe. And uh, we're going to uh, embark on this journey right now with Alex Brecher. He's an international communication expert, writer, documentary filmmaker. He was born in France in 1984. And after graduating in communication and film studies in Paris, Alex embraced a career in international development, working with various UN agencies and NGOs in Central Asia, the Middle East, Africa, and the Pacific. He spent three years in Cameroon, during which he shot two feature-length documentaries, Message in a Bottle and The Explorer, which won the uh, Best Film Award at the Midwest Film Fest. Now, the film was uh, made several a couple of years ago, but it is now uh, very soon, in fact, in just a couple days, available on video on demand. And a uh, great pleasure to welcome Alex Brecher to Strange Planet. Alex, how are you? Very, very, very good, uh, Richard. Thanks, thanks for the warm welcome and for the great presentation. How did you find yourself uh, att attracted to this this project? I mean, how could you help? You know, not help being, but attracted to it. It's so fascinating. But how did you find yourself uh, in the Cameroon uh, along with explorer Michel Ballot? So, as you said, uh, I, I shot a couple of documentaries while I was living in Cameroon, and the first one was about the pygmies. Uh, the pygmy populations who live at the at the border between uh, between Cameroon and the Republic of Congo, um, and I, you know at night uh, at the fire camp they would talk about that animal that Mokele Mbembe. So and for them you know it was not a not a myth it it was a real animal of flesh and blood like an elephant or or all the animals that surround them, and so I started to inquire a little bit and I found Michel's book uh, about it. Uh, tracking for Mokele Mbembe, and I, I and I was fascinated by the book, and I, I was like, well, I need to meet this guy, and so I sent him a message, you know, and I asked him to join maybe one of his expeditions, and he he told me, okay, I'm leaving in three weeks, come. Wow, so um, I gave a very brief description of uh, this. It's often referred to as a neo-dinosaurian cryptid, um, meaning that what it it may have somehow um, survived a great extinction event that this is an actual dinosaur, like a like an Apatosaurus or something like that. Is that the idea? 
So there are different theories about this animal. It is indeed an unknown animal. Uh, so some people would believe that it is a dinosaur, which may have survived. But, you know, in the world, we're surrounded by dinosaurs, crocodiles, sharks, silicon fish. So maybe it can be an animal that hasn't evolved much since, uh, since well, the prehistoric times. Now, it could also be a new species of animal, a completely new species, for example, a giant monitor lizard. Uh, we're talking about a, a region, the Congo Basin, which is as, uh, as wide as Europe. It's incredibly huge, and we're discovering every day new species of plants and animals. And uh, uh, So why not a, a, a larger animal, a larger monitor lizard, for example, that could, uh, that could roam this, uh, this area? So the name, Mokeli Mbembe, now I'm going to try to remember some of my conversations with uh, Dr. Bill Gibbons. If I'm, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mokeli Mbembe uh, means something like able to stem the flow of rivers. Exactly, exactly, in, uh, in Lingala language. Uh, well, the, the animal has several names across the region. What's fascinating with Mokeli Mbembe is that if you talk to a pygmy from Gabon and to a Bantu from East Cameroon or even in DRC, so a few thousand kilometers away from Gabon, they will uh, describe exactly the same animal that would look in our culture like a, maybe a small dinosaur or large lizards, uh, but they, they would give him different names. So this the name Mokelembembe is how the populations in the, in the Congo uh, and in the uh, the east region of Cameroon, call him, and yes, it means uh, one who can stop the flow of rivers. So it's certainly a large animal. Uh, I also recall um, that pictures were shown to, I guess, the pygmies, and um, they were asked, you know, is this Mokelia Mbembe? Is this Mok? And they would say, no, that's not it. Maybe it was a picture of a hippopotamus. This was that Mokelia Mbembe? No. When they were shown a picture of I believe we, we used to call it a brontosaurus, but now it's referred to as an apatosaurus. Uh, they seem to zero in on that, the, the apatosaurus. Uh, is, that, uh, is that a fair statement? Yes, so that's one of the research uh, techniques that uh, Michelle and Bill Gibbons uh, use. So they, they, they go in the villages, they ask the local populations, uh, they, they, they show them, sorry, uh, pictures or drawings of different animals. So they show him like, they show them like an elephant. They say, well, that's an elephant. Uh, a gorilla, that's a gorilla because they, they're familiar with these animals. They Then they, sh they show them a bear, for example. And you know, there, there are no bears in Africa. They say, we don't know. And when they show them a small dinosaur, it's like, yeah, that's Mokelembebe. But it's not like, wow, it's incredible. It's a Mokelembebe. No, no, it's like just like an elephant or, or any other animal that we have around us. So let's, um, I want you to introduce us to Michelle Ballot, this explorer, the subject of the, your documentary, The Explorer, again, available on video on demand starting March 31st. Just paint us a picture. Who is this Michelle Ballot? So Michel is a, is a former lawyer. He, he had a former life as a lawyer in, uh, in the south of France. And uh, when he was really young, I think when he was a student, he started uh, uh, corresponding, writing letters to Bernard Hovelmans, who is a Belgian uh, scientist, who is uh, the, the father of cryptozoology. He invented that science, and he really believed that uh, lots of cryptids actually were real animals that 
were waiting to be discovered. And Michel started this uh, these letters and corresponding with uh, with Bernard Hevelman, and uh, he asked him like, "What is?" I mean, the, the, the cryptid that's the most likely to be discovered. And Havelman said, well, Mokelembembe in the Congo, we have good witnesses, testimonies, and uh, and there's a strong possibility that something uh, exists out there. So uh, Michel went on a first journey, then a second journey. And, you know, when you when you catch the virus, you you, you keep going there. So so now he's, uh, he's a, a full-time explorer. Um, he he married a, a, a woman from uh, Cameroonian origin, so he's very well connected to the country, and he goes there uh, two, three times a year uh, to look for Mokelembebe. And what's really amazing, so I went on a couple of expeditions with him. The first one was the, the one I was mentioning just to see how it looked like, and the second one was actually to shoot uh, the movie. And he makes real progresses he has a a, a very a scientific approach uh, he talks to people he gets testimonies and he, and he found some 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 really interesting stuff so so he's really fascinating person he's passionate about what he does and i really believe that one day he might make an incredible discovery so tell me about your your first visit to uh, or through the congo basin which is, as you say, it's this vast wetland, marshland, heavily forested area the size of Europe. Um, what's it like going through that area? Well, it's one of the last wildernesses on Earth. Uh, you have the Amazon, but the Amazon is uh, is much more explored by people. The Congo Basin is, is, is more mysterious. Um, and actually, my first mission there, my first visit to, to the Congo Basin was with WWF, uh, the conservation uh, organization. And we went to a very special place in, uh, in the Central African Republic called Zanga Sanga, which is a, a natural forest clearing where you have like permanently 150 elephants. And at the beginning, you know, you're, you're a bit afraid because it's a very hostile environment as well. You have uh, mosquitoes, you have a tsetse, uh, flies, you have snakes, you have all kinds of, uh, of potentially dangerous animals. So at, at the beginning, you're afraid. And then you're catched by the magic of the area. The air is pure. It's fascinating. It's teeming with life. I mean, life is everywhere. And you look uh, at, 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 the, at the forest uh, from the smallest leaf to the largest elephant, whatever, every, all this life comes together to, uh, to create a kind of opera. It's an absolutely fascinating place, but also a place which is threatened because of deforestation, because of poaching, and every animal is inter interconnected. For example, there are uh, seeds of uh, certain species of trees that can grow only if the elephants eat them and then reject them. And so the trees can grow. And obviously, you know, any tree in the, that area shelters a, a wide range of animals. But so if you kill the elephants or if the elephants disappear, this tree won't grow and the, the whole food chain and natural chain will will disappear. So it's a place that we must protect, but it's really a fascinating place. So again, I, I saw the trailer and it's absolutely exquisite, uh, the, the, um, the visuals. Uh, what are the challenges of taking, I don't know, I mean, obviously uh, with technology, the technology is getting smaller and more portable, but in order to shoot such a beautiful documentary, uh, the challenges, I mean, you, you're traveling through this in, inhospitable terrain. What are the challenges? What were the challenges of, of making this documentary in the Congo Basin? Batteries. <laughs> Actually, you know, when you shoot a documentary, 
you have to you take a lot of footage. Uh, when, when you do a fiction, it's a bit different because you can script and you know what you're going to shoot. But you know when you shoot a documentary, especially a documentary of this kind, you know, with uh, uh, where you really want to to catch some life moments, you know, and the, the insights of an expedition, you need to shoot a lot. But obviously, there's no plug. You have no electricity, so you. I personally had eight batteries and a solar charger that would allow me to charge one battery per day. But it's nothing. Basically, you burn like uh, two batteries per day. So you have to think before filming. And that was uh, that was extremely challenging. And then it was also also physically very, very challenging. You have like a humi humidity rate of about 100 percent. Um, and you know when you film, you 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 run a bit everywhere to take the right shots and the right angles and everything. And and during the three weeks of the expedition, during which I shot the movie, I, I think I lost five or six cages. So uh, so it's physically exhausting. Uh, what's the best time to go to the Congo Basin in search of Mokeli and Bembe? Is it during rainy season? So depends. Uh, the locals uh, will tell you that you have more chances of seeing a Mokelembembe during the rainy season. But during the rainy season, it's one of the largest swamps on Earth. And it's really hard to cross that swamp. Um, even the road, you know, you, you go by car from Yaoundé to Mulundu, which is the, the port uh, from where you take dugout that takes takes you in the in the wilderness towards the Enki waterfalls and uh, uh, and even even the roads are bad so you 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 have little chances of reaching that port and if you reach that port the current is so strong that you cannot go very far so we go generally during the dry season and still we made some interesting uh, observations uh, during the during the dry season but that's the really the so it's february march January to January to March, I would say these are really the three months when you can uh, have a good chance of exploring, of going far into that area. All right, so take us on this on this journey. Um, uh, where did Michelle Ballot sort of lead you into the Congo Basin, and and what did you you know what what did you see? I mean, wh when did you when did you start to get a sense that you might be close on the trail of the Mokele and Bembe? So let me rewind a little bit. So after the first expedition, uh, which was absolutely incredible, I, I went there because I wanted to, uh, uh, well, to get to know Michelle, uh, to see uh, and to learn more about Mokelembebe. But certainly, I did not believe that something that large would exist over there. I just went there out of curiosity, you know, for for I would say a sense of adventure. But then on that first expedition, well, we found large footprints uh, that were very intriguing, a whole track of footprints that were coming out of the water on a small sa sandy island in the middle of the of the Ja River. Um, so yeah, I was quite intrigued. And, uh, and a couple of years after that, Michelle called me back and told me, well, one of my trackers has apparently identified a, a cave, which would be the den of the animal. Uh, but it's very far. Uh, we have to mount a, a very large expedition with uh, about 20 people, trackers, and uh, and and lots of equipment. Uh, and I would like to, you to come with me. And I told him, yes, but I will shoot a movie. Uh, and he told me, yeah, why not? So, so th that's how it started. And in fact, it was absolutely amazing because, well, I don't want to, to spoil the movie for your listeners and for, for the people who, who are going to discover it. Maybe you saw it, but... 
in fact, in the movie, we, we find something. And it, it was a surprise for me because, well, the movie was quite exciting, you know, because we had so many problems, you know, and when, when you have issues and when you, you face challenges in a, in a movie, it's always a, it's always a good uh, sign, you know. But no sign of Mokelembe made good testimonies and witnesses talking about Mokelembe, but really, you know, for a long time, for almost a whole expedition, nothing. So at the end of the expedition, we got lost in the forest. It was, we spent about 10 days in the forest. Uh, we lost our way, simply our trackers lost their way. And, and so we were crossing that forest in, in very difficult conditions. And then we managed to find back the river um, and walking down towards the base camp. So a, a few days uh, downstream, well, we stopped at some point on an island, which was a completely unexplored island. And there, yeah, we, we found something that, uh, well, was uh, might uh, make people believe that, <laughs> like I do, you know, that actually Moklema exists. Um, we're going to take a time out here in a moment. When we come back, I'll, I'll get you to tell us maybe uh, about what some of the locals had seen and how recently Mokeli Mbembe uh, has been seen in the Congo yep. Basin. Um, there's also reports of, of uh, pygmies killing a Mokeli Mbembe, I believe, back in the uh, the late 1950s and maybe, I don't know, consuming its meat. Uh, we'll talk about that as well with filmmaker Alex Brecker. Uh, the film is called The Explorer and it's uh, available video on demand in just a couple days. We'll tell you how to watch. Stay with us. It's time to redefine reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. All right, let's... Um, Let's talk about how we can see The Explorer. Again, it won a uh, Best Film Award at the Midwest Weird Fest uh, a couple of years ago. Now available video on demand. This is about Michel Balou, who is the, um, along with Dr. Uh, William Gibbons, who is no stranger to this program, uh, who are, have been in search of this amazing uh, neo-dinosaurian cryptid known as Mokeli Mbembe. How do we watch it? Yeah, uh, so it's going to be released in a, in a couple of days on the 31st of March on Vimeo On Demand. So uh, if you go to Vimeo On Demand, it's a Vimeo, uh, Vimeo uh, slash On Demand slash The Explorer Film. Or if you just like put The Explorer on the toolbar, you'll find the film. So it's going to be released in a couple of days. Why only in a couple of days? Because uh, actually, uh, you know, when you launch a movie, you do a festival run. Uh, and it took us, uh, well, three years because of COVID uh, instead of one year, one and a half year. So, so lots of people are waiting for the movie. What, uh, so we won uh, the Best Documentary Award at Midwest Weirfest, but also uh, at another festival called Another Hole in the Head. And we won, uh, I think, six or seven awards, uh, mostly in the US. Uh, and we got 16 selections. So, uh, so it was, it had quite, a successful festival run during a very challenging period for uh, for launching films. So uh, so we're excited now to present it to the public. Well, I can't wait to screen it. Uh, I, I just saw the trailer, and of course, I've um, I'm familiar with Mokeli Mbembe for probably the last fifteen years or so, and it's always been uh, a favorite story of mine. It's so captivating. Um, 
did you during the making of the Explorer? Did you uh, speak with some of the locals, either the pygmies or the um, some of the other locals, about their their recent experiences with this creature? Yes, of course, of course. And you know, for them, it's uh, as common to come across a mokelembe. Uh, than as to come across as an elephant, for example. So it's not something incredible. It's not like, oh, we saw a mokelembe a long time and everything. It's like, a, yeah, two days ago, you know, we were uh, fishing on the river and then we saw a mokelembe passing by. Um, the only thing is that they're very afraid of mokelembe because, uh, well, it's said to be a very territorial animal that attack boats uh, and that would kill people. So... Basically, they avoid uh, his territory. And that's why uh, when you reach the last village, uh, which is called Endongo, uh, that's the last village before the wilderness uh, that takes you 100 kilometers upstream to the Enki waterfalls, uh, you don't see any human in the forest. And the locals tell you, yes, because we're afraid of Mokelembembe. We're fishermen. There's plenty of fish out there, but we don't go there because we're afraid that the Mokelembembe would kill us. Uh, how large? I mean, the, the name obviously implies if it's able to stem the flow of rivers, it must be quite large. But do the locals give it any sort of give you a sense of its dimensions, length, girth, weight? So a, a pygmy uh, man uh, in the early 2010 uh, told Michel that the animal was roughly 15 meters long. Uh I personally don't believe that the animal is that large because, you know, in in this kind of uh, African cultures where myth and reality uh, mix very often, uh, it's very different. Uh, their point of view is, is incredible, but it's very different from the Western point of view, you know, when we look for science and facts. Um, well, in their point, Culture, their beliefs, you know, sometimes become a reality. So it's common to exaggerate the size of the animals. Uh, now, basically, if you recoup most of the testimonies that we got, the body of Mo the Mokelembe would be the size of the body of a small elephant with a long neck. It's certainly a bit smaller, but, you know, people tend to exaggerate. And um, uh, they talk about, you know, they're afraid of this creature. Did, did any uh, of the locals know of someone who had been killed or seriously injured or attacked by a Mokele Mbembe? So we weren't told about anyone who got killed by a Mokele Mbembe. Uh, but as you mentioned, uh, there was there, there's this very famous story. So that's in the, uh, the Republic of Congo in uh, Lake Tele, where most of the sightings have occurred. Um, so... That animal was uh, preventing the local fishermen from uh, going out to fish, you know, because they were afraid. So they decided to kill one of them, and actually they killed a couple. They they managed to put traps on a on a small uh, canal uh, near the lake, and uh, they killed uh, apparently a couple of mokelembembe that was in the in the seventies, seventies uh, or eighties, and then they ate the meat, and the the. Lots of people died in the village because the meat was uh, poisoned. Um, so that's the, it's apparently a serious story. Uh, lots of people said it really happened. Uh, I don't know, I was not there, but, uh, but, uh, but yes, it's kind of a credible testimony. 
And none of the villagers claim to have any bones uh, or any of the remains of the Mokeli and Bembe? No, no. And actually, it's a bit, uh, it's normal. Uh, when an animal dies in that forest, you have like so many smaller animals that it's going to eat the flesh and the bones and everything. And the the the, the, the elephant or whatever dies, you know, can disappear within uh, within days, you know. So uh, so it's a swampy, it's it's very humid. There's lots of life everywhere. So it's uh, it's hard to find remains of uh, of any kind of animal in that forest. What about sounds? Um, what did the villagers give you a sense of what it sounds like? And did you do you think you may have even heard it while you were making this film? Yeah, so it's very interesting because in 2012, I think Bill Gibbons was an, ex an expedition with uh, with Michel Ballot and at the base camp called Camp Catfish, just uh, close to the uh, to this famous uh, NQ waterfalls, uh, they heard a large sound, a large roar, you know, uh, on the river coming towards them, uh, and it was nothing that they were used to, so not a, not a common sound. And that was exactly at the same time when Michel was coming back to the camp with the boat, with the engine. So the uh, sound stopped. Uh, and on my first expedition with Michel, uh, at night, uh, we were setting camp on an island in the middle of the river. And at some point, we heard a very uh, loud sound that recrossed the forest and then a big splash. So like a, a large animal made a roar and then jumped in the water and we asked the locals the, the trackers and they were like okay maybe that's an elephant but it was definitely not the sound of an elephant or, or they were like you know maybe it's mokelembembe and we're like oh it's mokelembembe and yeah, yeah sure you know there are plenty of mokeles in the in the in the area um and when i talked to bill about that sound he told me i mean tried to describe the sound and well we in fact it was a similar kind of sound so so yes it makes sounds and it's very loud it if it's a mokelembembe once again uh you mentioned you saw footprints on your first trip to the cameroon while you were making another documentary uh aside from footprints did you see any other evidence for example um droppings or scat or um i don't know uh, evidence that perhaps they had um i don't know if mokeli and bembe you know whether they burrow or make nests in the banks of the river or or whatever any other evidence no no uh, apart from this uh, from these footprints but some previous expeditions who went there they they saw like large caves uh on the banks of the of the river uh, that were made by the by an animal and by a large animal, uh, but on my two expeditions when we were there, I mean the the, the level of the, of the water was too high, so we we couldn't see the, the these banks. But um, but apparently the, the the animal would dig like this big uh, holes and uh, and to 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 yeah to hide on the on the banks of the river. Why is it so elusive? Uh, I mean, you know, it seems to be a fairly common sighting for the locals. You mentioned like seeing an elephant. Um, but yet, to this date, um, neither Bill Gibbons or Michel Balou have actually, as far as I know, maybe you'll disabuse me of this, actually caught sight uh, of one of these creatures. Why is it so difficult? Because everything is difficult to spot in the Congo Basin. Uh, Michel was telling me that he went there like, 
15 times or 20 times, and maybe he saw elephants three, four times. Uh, on the expedition during which we, we shot the movie, uh, we saw an elephant and we were quite lucky. Or even gorillas, you, you never see gorillas. I mean, the, the forest is so thick, it's so dense, and animals are so silent that it's extremely dif difficult to spot anything. It's not like a, a savanna setting, you know, where you will see everything, but, uh, but you just see green, green, green. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, scientists say that to keep a breeding population, you need about a thousand uh, of these animals. But since the area is so large and so thick, you know, they could be like 1,000, 2,000, 10,000, and you wouldn't see them. We, once again, we keep discovering things uh, every day. Uh, about like five or six years ago, they discovered uh, one of the largest populations of gorillas, about 10,000 gorillas uh, on the shores of Lake Tele. Uh, and that community was not known, you know, uh, for, um, for, for a long time. So, so yeah. All right. We'll take another time out. Alex stays with us and we'll continue to discuss the elusive Mokele Mbembe, the beast of the Congo basin right after these. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Follow Richard on Twitter at Richard Serrett. For show information, visit the website strangeplanet.ca. Alex, once again, tell us how we can uh, stream The Explorer, which is coming to a video on demand. Yeah, so it's it will be available on the 31st of March on Vimeo On Demand. So uh, vimeo.com slash on demand slash The Explorer Film. Uh, and if uh, you just enter the the explorer uh, on the search uh, toolbar of Vimeo, you will find the, you will find the movie, the page. All right. Uh, do you want to share maybe another, um, let's say another maybe a perilous moment while you were making the film? Um, yeah. Uh, so, so, sorry, I didn't get your question very well. A, da a danger, a dangerous moment. Or, a dangerous or, moment. Or a okay. Most exciting moment while you were making the movie. Ah, very good question. Well, uh, it's definitely when we found something at the end. Uh, I mean, that was, you know, the cherry on the cake. But the, the, the period before that, when we got lost in the forest, that was really scary. First of all, so you go on an expedition, you drive three days from Yaoundé to Mulundu, then you take a boat for three days to reach the base camp, then uh, close to the waterfalls, and then you enter the forest to walk towards these caves who are supposed to be the den of Mokelembembe. We didn't have satellite phones. Uh, we had a couple of guys staying behind and looking for the boat, looking after the boat, and then you know you enter the forest and you absolutely don't know when you're gonna get out what's going to happen. Um, and after a couple of days in that wilderness, so it's completely wild, you know, you have no, uh, you have your trackers under your lifeline. Uh, you and I would get lost immediately, you know, because everything looks, looks the same. And after a couple of days, our trackers start circling, you know, and talking in their language. And we're with Michelle, and we had the the impression that we're not moving forward or moving in the right direction. And so we asked the trackers and they were like, yeah, we are lost. And why were they lost? Because uh, we were following an elephant track at the beginning, 
but because poachers down in the valley killed some elephants, the elephant changed their path. And basically, there was no path to follow anymore. So we're in the middle of nothing. It, we were going up and down because it was a mountainous uh, forest area, very humid, very difficult. And yeah, and we got lost into that forest for <laughs> for several days. Um, I mean, what's it like? I'm assuming you're sleeping, what, in tents or under yes. the stars, uh, under the canopy of the forest, uh, knowing that there are, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know what other kind of, you know, animals would be there. The lions are in the, uh, the, the savannah, I would think, but they're, you know, I don't know, do they have leopards or, I mean, what, what is that like knowing that there's just, you know, maybe a, a thin piece of canvas, a canvas tent or nylon tent between you and these ferocious animals? Yeah. So in fact, you, you know, what's dangerous and what's not quickly. Okay, so mosquitoes at the beginning, you're a, you're a bit annoyed, but then pff, there are so many other animals to, <laughs> to care about. Um, we were all afraid of the elephants because a forest elephant, uh, so forest elephant, elephants are smaller than the savanna elephants, but they're much more aggressive. So if they go after you, they will try to kill you and you have to escape. And, you know, to escape an elephant, uh, it's quite difficult because they're fast and they, you know, they, they would dig uh, a highway in the forest and just go after you, you know. Gorillas, you can manage because uh, actually if you, if you are uh, charged by gorilla, if you put your eyes down to show the gorilla that you're on his territory, he will let you go. You, you, you have to show a sign of submission and then the uh, gorilla will, uh, will let you go. And then obviously you have snakes. So snakes, that's a big problem. You have uh, black mambas, green mambas, and you have a snake. We never identified which species it was. The locals call it uh, the snake three to one because like the snake bites you and three to one, it's over. Uh, so, and I recall, I recall a night. Uh, so I was sleeping on a on, in my tent on a on a small uh, island uh, on the Jar River, and my tent was very small. So at some point, I, I you know I stretched. And my foot touched something on the other side of the tent, something like a strange, alive, you know, cold. And I opened the tent and it was like a giant python passing in front of my tent. And I'm like, okay, dangerous animal, not, not dangerous, not dangerous. It's four in the morning. I closed my tent and went back to sleep. You know, oh, <laughs> you're a real veteran. You were so nonchalant about it because it, uh, it was just a python. Um, Again, the uh, the documentary is The Explorer, available Vimeo On Demand uh, starting March 31st. Well, by the time this program, uh, this podcast goes to air, it'll have been out uh, for, for a little bit. Um, what is Michel Balou's, uh, what are his thoughts on, you know, what to do when he, when he finds one and documents? Would he like to capture one? Would he like one, you know, I don't know, uh, placed in a zoo or, or studied, uh, what are his, what, is he thinking that far ahead? Well, definitely not. Uh, he definitely doesn't want to put it in a zoo or to, or to kill the animal. Um, and Michel would kill me for saying that, but, uh, I'm not sure he wants to find it. He doesn't want uh, to find it. Well, he loves the adventure so much and the quest, and that's a quest of his life, you know. He's been for years after that animal. And he told me once, if I find it, then it will stop. And there was a bit of regret, you know, uh, in his eyes when he told me that. So I think he's, he's quite 
balance that maybe he would just like to see one once, you know, and uh, and that's it. And I remember while I was shooting the movie, I was thinking like, if we see a Mokelembembe, what do I film? Mokelembembe or Michelle? Because you have a man searching for an animal for 15 years. Imagine all the people laughing about him, you know? I mean, that guy's crazy. He's dedicating his life to the search of that animal and everything, people doubting, because when you search for fantastic creatures like this one, you know, you're, um, well, you you lose a bit of your credibility to some extent. Uh, And if you see it, I'm sure that what would happen in the eyes of Michel would be even more amazing than the Mokelembembe himself. That's it, yeah, that's an interesting dilemma. Uh, because the, the movie is about him. It's not about the creature itself. Um, however, if the creature is discovered and, and documented and uh, captured on video or film or whatever, uh, and it does turn out to be, and I don't know how they would determine this, uh, a, a, um, the, you know, the, the last surviving... Um, member of a you know that these dinosaurs well there may be several thousand of them but the, the holdover from the from the age of the dinosaurs i mean that is going to that's going to rewrite all the textbooks right i mean how do you think the world would react to the idea that there is still out there uh, a, a creature like an apatosaurus or a plesiosaur or whatever it might be that's actually a, a dinosaur well i think it would be a very positive thing because um, the world would start to believe again that some adventures are possible and that we haven't solved all the mysteries of the world. We are getting extremely um, pragmatic about what's happening in the world. And that's really the difference between, uh, between I would say, Western cultures and, uh, and African cultures, for example. Uh, we try to be very pragmatic and we think we know everything, but we don't know what's happening after death. We don't know. I mean, there are so many mysteries that surround us, but we don't want to see them. Uh, so discovering something that big and that impressive would maybe make people think twice, you know, before uh, saying, okay, I'm certain that it's not possible. So have you caught the the cryptid fever? Are you already maybe plotting your next documentary? And if so, you know, what other elusive creature are you uh, maybe interesting or interested in in finding more about? So in fact, I'd, I'd like to to go back to uh, to the Congo Basin. Uh, well, actually, uh, I really believe that something exists out there. Uh, but the approach sometimes is not 100% efficient. So, um, and that's why we put the, the film on Vimo on demand. Um, uh, we would like to found uh, our next expedition and to go to kayak the Ja River, so the river you'll see in the movie, downstream uh, to uh, approach uh, well the animals very silently. So if you're silent, you can see lots of things on the shore. If you have a, a, a 10 horsepower engine, you know, I mean, everything escapes. You're, you're very loud in the forest, but maybe kayaking uh, down the river could, uh, could allow, allow us to see, uh, to see uh, 
well things differently so uh, so that's my next goal and then uh, in terms of uh, in terms of filming well uh, i'm passionate about uh, about cryptozoology i'm passionate about mysteries and uh, and foreign cultures and uh, and so yeah i'll definitely uh, continue doing that for uh, for uh, as long as i can alex great to meet you Thank you so much for this. Again, The Explorer available Vimeo On Demand starting March 31st. Great to meet Thank you very much, Richard. Thank you. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 